Do you want to do our welcome? Is it recording now? Yeah, go. Okay. Welcome to <laughs> Let's Get Lit, the book club podcast with a twist. This week we are drinking Kentucky Mules. And what book do we think we can read along with that, Brandy? We have paired this book with the classic. You mean we paired the cocktail with... Hillbilly Elegy, a memoir of a family and culture in crisis by J.D. Vance with a new afterword. Ooh. From The Economist, you will not read a more important book about America this year. And that was what year? Like, I feel like this was we're published, a couple I think, years in late. 2016. That makes sense. And I think we have to acknowledge that at the beginning of this year, when we talked about our favorite books we read last year, you've actually already read this one. Yeah. So, like, don't give me any spoilers because I have not yet read it, but I'm glad that you agreed to reread it with me because I've been meaning to read it forever. It's one of my favorites. I think it's exceptional, and it's going to be really hard for me not to give spoilers as we go through this. So, Maybe we can talk about why I decided to read it in the first place and just talk a little bit about the book. And most importantly, let's talk about the drink because it's been a while since we've seen each other. It has. It's been a really long time and... I'm a couple mules deep now. (laughs) A couple mules deep and yeah, I I feel like I hardly know you anymore. I know. It's going to be... It's going to be probably a rough recording because it's been a minute. It has been a minute, but I'm I'm not that worried about it. Um, we never are. I <laughs> we should probably be more worried about it than we ever are. But well, we're doing this for fun. Yeah. We're doing this for fun. And We've like only spent money on this and not made a dime. Yeah. <laughs> we love sending you guys free shit and making no money. It just like... It's a bonding experience. It's a really great bonding experience. And it really mimics what like most of our IRL relationships yeah. look like, oh which is God. just like us providing for other people who hate us. So I don't say hate us. Well, I would say like that we just give unconditionally and expect nothing in return. Yeah, that's fair. Like, hopefully you guys actually like us, but if you just like that we give you shit unconditionally and expect nothing in return, we love that too. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> gonna say, are you gonna try to deny that from people? No, like, we are 100% those, like, pathological people that feel like we just need to be needed. Yeah. And I feel like we created this podcast, like, just trying to make people dependent on us for, like, hey, I don't want to buy a book. They'll send me one. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. I'm here to send you books. We're just here to send you money that we ourselves don't have. We're, like, a library, except we're not publicly funded. And no. we only have a couple books. Way to just tell people that... They don't need us because they can just go to their local library. Well, you can go to your local library. And you should. Like, support your local library. But isn't it so much more fun to get a book from us in the snail mail? (laughs) It's, like, very It is fun. We actually haven't done a giveaway in a long time. Should we do a giveaway for this book? I mean, maybe. Okay. I just feel like usually by the point we've recorded, we already have the book ready to send out because we've like done the like social media things leading up to it. So I feel like maybe this one is going to be a pass and we'll do it for our next I've been really bad at social media lately. I need to get up on it. Life got in the way and it's like... What's been going on in your life? Why uh, have you not been reading? Because this podcast hasn't like hit the big time and I'm not a big podcast celebrity. I've had to maintain my real job (laughs) and... I'm not like Jad Appenrod or Robert Kolowich. I don't even know who the fuck those people are, to be honest with you. Are these they podcast radio, people? They do Radio Lab, but yeah, anyway. Well, I mean, 
I'm very Sean Kervidantham? Yeah. I don't listen to podcasts, which is probably why I'm so good at this. Linda Vitale? <laughs> don't know. No. What about... Um, I don't listen to podcasts. Like, I don't do it. I listen to audiobooks. I listen to music. You listen to Call Your Girlfriend. I used to. I stopped, and not because I stopped loving them, because anytime I go back and listen, I'm like, these are my people... But I feel like one of the reasons I love Call Your Girlfriend as a podcast is because I just sit there listening and I feel like I'm just listening to my friends chat. And Samesies. That's what I like hope this podcast is for people that are just like listening to us chat and they're like, I feel like we're part of this book club because we want a book club. You know what we should do is we should leave like huge intervals of silence, like two minutes of silence for the listeners to respond to us asking a question. And just see how that goes. As if that could ever happen. I don't think we ever... And start now. <laughs> Usually we're did like... Did you say anything? <sighs> we, I, You know what? We did that wrong. We have to ask a question. Yeah. What book should we read next? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no one it's saw so how hard... hard. Yeah. I'm like... It's hard for me just to not talk over you... It's really hard for me to not talk over the people in our book club who aren't physically here. Your so, mouth was open so wide, ready to say I really wanted to say something. So I probably talked over you guys, and I'm sorry for that, but now you know how Brandy feels, because I'm constantly interrupting her. It's because my mouth's not as big. <laughs> well, Literally. so you say, there's no proof. No one knows what we look like. Thank God for that. Maybe we could just do close-up mouth measurements. Yeah, I think that... <laughs> really attract the wrong audience for our book club podcast but sure that's an option they may recognize me from my bifurcated uvula you have a bifurcated uvula you know that that's not new information do i know that yeah is it problematic in any way or just is the no, way No, it's just you are? every time i go to the dentist or the doctor they call everyone in and they're like look at your uvula it's so weird did, did you I? know you had that oh my god speaking of uvulas can i make your problem about me ew don't show me your uvula that was offensive wait first can we tell people what a uvula is in case they people don't. know what a uvula is and if not they can google it's it let's like, not mansplain to our book clubbers they read their smart they know uh, shit it's a dangly flesh that hangs at the back of your throat I knew that you guys knew what that meant. I'm really sorry that I just, Brandy sometimes thinks you're people stupid. Say, I don't think you're stupid, but I feel like sometimes people refer to things and I don't know and I just wish they would tell me. Well, there you go. I got a text. I'm popular. Yeah, you're popular. My phone's in the other room plugged in. Otherwise, I'm sure I'd be getting a lot of texts. Oh my gosh, I got a text. But speaking of uvula, speaking of drinking, one time I drank so much. Oh, I remember the story. Shocker to everyone, I'm sure. The next day, I, like, puked so much. Like, just real hungover. Like, I probably had You're alcohol poisoning. too. Like, you can drink a lot. It was bad. And then, I, all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. And I looked in the mirror, and my uvula had swollen. Like, I don't even know what size it was, but it was blocking my entire throat. And so I, like, couldn't breathe. And so I was trying to, like, drink cold water, but it was just getting worse and worse. And so I finally had to just go to the ER and get an IV because I was so dehydrated. And it was just, like, every time I puked, it was getting worse. And I thought my throat was going to close up. Also, you know, hypochondriac. Yeah, but I came true. in, and they were like oh, like, we've never seen one that big. Because apparently that's something that happens. Just, like, forewarning, you guys, drink your Kentucky mules in moderation because this is a thing that happens to people when they drink too much occasionally. But mine was real bad. And ever since, I've been really afraid, like, if I drink too much, the next morning if people will be like, just puke, you'll feel better. 
I mean, obviously this is binge drinking. We don't recommend, but like, I would never do that. No, I won't puke the next day. I'll just tough it out and feel like shit because I'm really afraid my uvula is going to clog my throat again. Well, I feel like puking one or two times is not the same as like projectile vomiting all night. It's true, but sometimes like once you start, you can't stop. Yeah, it's like eating Oreos. Yeah, it's just, it's rough. So like, everyone be careful out there. Drink responsibly. Ice your uvula. Hopefully it's not bifurcated. We've all got problems. I don't know. I think it's an interesting problem to have. Yeah, I, I like mean, to obviously, tell people that once we're on our like third or fourth date, I'm like, you want to see something real weird? <laughs> and do people check even... out the back of my throat? <laughs> I'm at least you but wait with your until eyeballs. The, at least you wait until the third date for that. I can't say I've always been that good. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> What do you did I just get slut shamed on our podcast? No, I just like I Rude. wasn't I wasn't actually thinking about that and then it and like And then you realized how gross you were. And then it just No wonder you're getting married, you and your bifurcated uvula, like you just have like equipment that the rest of us aren't working with. It's not like it like does anything proactive. How do you know? Maybe it's like has little grabbers at the end or like little tickler, <laughs> little ticklers. And it's like Hey! Oh my god, that sounds so unsexual. <laughs> well, I mean, that's so hot, that's where right? we're starting. Kentucky mules, you okay. could be like us too. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the Kentucky mule. Um, Kentucky mule, so what we're drinking right now is in, let me stop. Kentucky mules are. <laughs> You've had it's a like a Moscow mule except with bourbon or whiskey. Right now, the ones that we're drinking have Maker's Mark in them because that's my favorite bourbon. Um, I also really like Bullet Rye. I've never heard of that. It's really good. Why didn't you get that? Because I like Maker's better in cocktails. Mm. Bullet is for when you're like going full alcoholic and you're like, I just want to drink an alcohol with water and ice mm. and bullet rye with just water and ice and like a lime or a lemon is pretty drinkable more so than like with vodka or something so you drink your bourbon with water um occasionally i don't drink it enough to know how i drink it i'm usually by the time i'm drinking bourbon it's probably like my 17th drink and yeah. I've already had a lot of tequila and other things uh, and I'm like bourbon why the fuck not and well, then my uvula explodes it's funny because I, I used to be mostly like a clear clear liquor person and then you know what happened is I started dating this person who drank bourbon and like that's all they had mm -hmm. in their house and so I was like oh like I'll get in I'll this. drink this and they were like, here's a cocktail it's literally bourbon and water and I'm like that sounds repulsive and I was like actually not repulsive mm -hmm. and probably like less sugar and calories. So let's do it. The problem is that it's too easy to drink and you get really, really drunk really easily. Well, I was going to say like brown liquor has more carbs than clear liquor does. That's a really obnoxious comment. But as someone that's done keto before, I remember being like, so I can have as much fucking tequila as I want. I mean, Only not recommend a Blanco. It. A Blanco. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't, you know, I can't have the darker tequilas. I will say, so I still, I like whiskey. I like bourbon. It's not my favorite thing, but I like it. But I, for a time in college, was really into it. It was like, this tastes great and was having a great time. And then, this is not as funny, but it's just funny to me because, like, 
all for some reason like all of my college roommates and I had 10 of them were like all gone because it was like the tail end of break and I was the first one back and I remember being like okay like I'm alone in our suite and I just had like someone had like a bottle of bourbon and that was all we had so I was like I'm just gonna sit here and drink this and because I'm a literal piece of shit I listened to whiskey lullaby on reap and I was like look at me drinking bourbon listening to whiskey lullaby that's about death I know but like it was a moment for me and I drank the whole bottle and I remember I know it sounds bad, but, like, I was having a great time by myself, like, laying on the floor, like, singing, like, making snowmen in the carpet. Like, it was really good. And then I got sick and puked. Like, it was a whole thing. And I had to get up really early because I had an 8 a.m. class the next day. And I was so hungover. And I remember all these people in my class being like, oh, my God, what party did you go to? And I'm like, oh, man, I raged real hard last night. But this was, like... I was, like, 19 years old. This was not something where, like, you know, you're 30 and so you just drink alone at home. It was probably the first time I had ever drank alone. And there was no excuse. Like, I just got really into it. So, like, since then I've been kind of wary of it just because I was like, it takes a real dark turn. (laughs) Whiskey Lullaby. Like, there's so many upbeat songs about whiskey. I know, but I really liked that song. And then I was like, look at me. I'm having a shot of whiskey listening to Whiskey Isn't Lullaby. Is there like a sha-na-na-na in that song? Yeah. Sha-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like something too where it's like something about the bottle being like a gun or something yeah it's literally i should know all the words i listen to it literally 40 times it's like irritating to me that you don't know the words i do i'm just i'm actually singing the whole thing in my head and trying to get to the chorus right now so if you could keep talking i could get to it we haven't had enough kentucky hold on i'm gonna play the sample for my tunes perfect and pulled the trigger. I'm harmonizing great with him. Finally drank away her memories. <laughs> Life is short, but this time it was I thought I was going to say stiller, which makes no sense. This is such a depressing song. Found him with his face down in the pillow. How sad is this part? It's terrible. With the note that said, I'll love her too. That's a fucking creepy, creepy thing. I'll read him beneath the willow. I thought it was the part where she was buried next to him, but it's still him. A whiskey. This is where that la 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 happens. La 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 la. La 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 la. So you get the point. The rumors flew, but nobody knew how much she blamed herself. It's a terrible song. Yeah, well, I had a great time to it. A creepy ass ex who's like, I'm gonna kill myself because she left me yeah but then she kills herself because turns out she loved him i don't know it was a really it's like trying to be romeo and juliet but like shitty i guess i listen to it a lot though so like (laughs) you can't take that away from me anyways that's how i feel about bourbon okay so we're drinking kentucky mules which essentially is a moscow mule but it has bourbon in it um 
It's kind of like a combo between a dark and stormy and a Moscow we Mule. I love dark and stormies. I do love dark and stormy. So a dark and stormy. I think is... we drank a dark and stormy on this at one point. Maybe oh, not. Oh, did we? We probably did. We might have just talked about it. It's We've like... had so many episodes, I can't even fucking remember. <laughs> okay. We're like professionals. <laughs> We've been doing this actually for a while. Almost a year. That's insane. I haven't done anything for a year. Well. No comment. I don't think I've gotten my hair cut since we started this podcast. I was going to say. I know. I'm just kidding. It means I need a trim. Um, so the original mule was a Moscow mule, and it was invented in the 1940s. Um, apparently, there's a place in L.A. called the Cock and Bull. Have you heard of it? Sounds like my kind of place. It would be. <laughs> and the owner, Jack Morgan had stocked more vodka than necessary, and also they had this homemade ginger beer. And so he was like, I have too much of this shit. Like, I'm just going to make a cocktail out of it. And it was essentially just, like, lime, ginger beer, and vodka. And they called it a Moscow Mule as, like, Moscow for the vodka and a mule because the, like, kick from the ginger beer, or, like, ginger has a mm. kick to it. So they are like, it kicks like a donkey, so we're going to call it a Moscow Mule. <laughs> that not good other people hear this podcast and you just did that <laughs> i just wish i had done it louder feel free Hee-haw! Hee-haw! oh my god i'm so sorry you guys <laughs> you tempted me with a good time <laughs> don't you tempt me with a good time <laughs> so anyway the there's lots and lots of mules there's a caribbean mule which is rum a mexican mule which is tequila a ginger mule? Tequila with ginger beer? No, thank you. Don't knock it till you try it. We should try it. Okay. But well, I'm going to knock it until I try it. <laughs> okay. There's a ginger mule. Which is gin with ginger beer. Yeah. I hate fucking gin. I feel like really? we've talked about this. We have this. talked about gin. Um, and then someone was like, but how's about bourbon? And then they turned it into a Kentucky Mule. I actually messed these up because I thought there was mint in it. So I pulled some mint out of the garden and put it in this. I'm going to say I, I like, like it, it better this way. I feel like it works. The yeah. only problem is that you won't let me drink out of fucking straws anymore Oof. because of the environment. And therefore I keep getting like clumps of mint in my mouth, which is fine. But thanks for ruining everything. So here's a straw. Thank you. So I made I, very subtle I made a process. vow not to buy any plastic for the month, just as like an effort to try and see if I can do it. <laughs> Which is not saying I'm going to. I just got a shred of mint on my <laughs> straw. <laughs> I feel like you planned it this way. Continue telling them how you're an Earth hero. I'm not really an Earth hero. I just like I've been doing meal kits for a while, and I feel like there's a fuck ton of plastic in them, and. One of my friends lives, like, in this place around boats all the time, and she's, like, kept sending me pictures of plastic around cute marine life, and I'm like, fuck, I'm a terrible person. I should you just, You are. Like, I could have told you that. I know. But I was like, I should just make an effort, and so like, I decided, try. like, I'm going to give a month and just, like, try and see if I can do it. And so far, I have... I haven't bought anything with plastic, but I also... It's, like, the fifth of the month or something... So you're really... I mean, at least you haven't given up yet. Also, it's the 4th. Tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. Tequila all day. Um, but wine all day. 
Yeah. I mean, whine about tequila all day. I will say, you know, did you ever see the movie Super Size Me? And, like, did yeah. you have my reaction of... No, I didn't. When I, but I, when I saw that, I was a vegetarian already. And um, I was like, oh, it's gross. Well, so when but I a lot saw of people it, eat it. Yeah, when I saw it, I had not had McDonald's in probably five years. And I left and was like, I gotta go there right the fuck now. Like, it was bizarre. But that's just who I am as a person. Like, don't tell me what to do. The second I saw it, I was like, that's so great. She's doing, like, these initiatives about, like, you know, not having as much plastic. So they have plastic water bottles at my work, and I have a reusable water bottle. And the day after I saw you post all of that stuff, I was like, you know, my reusable water bottle is at my desk, and I just don't want to go get it. So I took one of the plastic ones, went to my desk, and poured the plastic water bottle into my container. And got so much judgment from people that were like, what was the actual point of that? And I'm like, you know, it was just on my mind that I'm not supposed to be using plastic. And I was like... Don't tell me what to do. And so I did it. So I just want you to know that I'm probably counterbalancing all Ugh. of your good efforts. I am the problem. Well, Sorry. It's, no, no, no. It's not. It's, it's, and like I. But I would have never done that had you not I said know. you were making a commitment. And I only like put I was it, just being a spiteful bitch. I only put it like on my Instagram because I was feeling like. I feel like the way that I like started actually caring about it at all was because I kept seeing all these people make posts about it. And I'm like, ugh. I could probably, like, at least try. At least try. Like, it, you don't have to be perfect, but if everyone is making an effort or yeah. being conscious of it... That's really it. Is it's just, like, paying attention. So, I'm, yeah. like, I'm trying to do none. I know that's impossible for me because, th- basically, like, there's... You just can't... can't. Where do you get your face wash and your shampoo? And, like, they don't sell shampoo in, like, a paper container. Well, would it be helpful if people just got plastic that was recyclable? Because not all of it is, but the ones that are, isn't that fine? Not really, because they don't... It, like, never goes away. So they, like, recycle plastic down, like, several levels. And also... I thought they just reuse it as something else. No. They, like, go and, like, put it in this, like, plastic shredder that, like, breaks it up into tiny pieces. And then they, like, melt it down into a different form of plastic. And then eventually it gets done enough times that it turns into styrofoam. And then styrofoam's, like, completely wow. useless. And, you know, you know how there's, like, the little triangles on the bottom of, like, the recycling thing that are, like, with the arrows? And they have a number in it? Mm-hmm. So the number actually indicates, like, a specific type of recyclable. Mm-hmm. And most urban areas only take, like, up to number four, but they go up to, I think, number nine. Oh. And so, like, a lot of times you, like, toss something in the recycling. And it's not recyclable. And it's not recyclable. But it depends on where you live. But a lot of times, like, if you've put something in your recycling that's not recyclable, the whole thing becomes garbage. They, like, just throw everything in the garbage. So you just, like, actually made things worse. So if yeah. you're not sure, you should just put it in the trash. I mean, I guess... But that sounds awful. Well, let me tell you what I did for the environment. What did you do? I actually, at one point, was dating someone who was a plastics engineer for Tesla, and I dumped him. (laughs) You're welcome, planet Earth. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, your job is problematic. I also dated a petroleum geologist. And you dumped him? I did. Good job. We... We're, we're really such good people. Mother Earth. We're using our vaginas to save the planet. We are. We're the best Girl people. power. <laughs> Anyways. I don't... Yeah, sorry. That was super tangential, but... But really a way of saying Kentucky mules are delicious, Kentucky obviously. mules are delicious. Um, we're actually... I have these little, like, Moscow mule cups that we're serving them in. We're on our second ones. They're really strong. Like, there's more... 
booze in this cocktail than there are typically in our cocktails. Well, that just seems like you've but been making flawed cocktails until this point. The ginger beer... Well, I feel like usually I don't like them to taste like just straight booze. I don't know. Anyway, maybe Have I do. Have you ever seen me make a margarita? I have. It's basically just tequila with like a splash, a splash of, of lime. Yeah, I'm not wrong. I know you're not wrong Which at all. Which I'm realizing that's so depressing that we're not drinking any tequila tomorrow, but like I'm committed to the wine that we're tasting. I mean, It'll be we great. can go get tequila. No, I mean... At some point, I mean, maybe we could just fly to Mexico tomorrow and do tequila tasting. Yeah. That just seems easy. We're elitist. Yeah. <laughs> we totally have the money for that with all of the recycling we've been doing. We've yeah. really saved that. And all of our huge podcast profits. Yeah. Like the 66 of you that listen, like so close to being satanic cult. I love it. Um, we're just so famous. We can afford to do anything at this point. Welcome That's why we read. Coven. We have so much leisure time that we can read. I've actually, like, I haven't been reading as much lately as I would like to. Because you've been busy? Yeah, well, and also I've been doing, like, such pointless shit. Like, I've been, like, going on fucking Pinterest and Instagram. Get it together. Okay, so that was not helpful at all. I was ready to be sympathetic, and you're like, I'm actually just wasting time. I am wasting time. I am wasting time. But it's like, you know what it is? Well, one, you read this book, and I'd already read it, so I just kind of skimmed through it. But I haven't found a book lately that I I really want to read. You haven't found... I can give you, like, 50 suggestions. Also, anytime... I just posted on Instagram, though. So if you know a book that you want to read or that we should read for the podcast, let me know. Like, pick a really, really good, excellent book because I'm feeling bored of all the books I've read recently. Well, that's rude. People have recommended other books to us and you're feeling disappointed by them. No, not, like, podcast books, but just, like, any of the other books I tried to pick up. Gotcha. I definitely have been reading a lot. I feel like since the last time we all met... I have changed jobs. I'm, like, so much less miserable. It's really great. I am reading all the time. I'm not stressed out. I, yeah, I'm just, like, reading a fuck ton and Brandy keep keep up with me. I can't, but I'm going to try. You're going to try, but we're going to read Hillbilly Elegy next, and since she has already read it, there's no chance that we both won't have read it next time. Yeah, it's actually... I'm reading, like, a book a day. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite books. The first time I heard about it was, like, I think on the news at some point. It was in reference to the Trump issues. Like, the election? Yeah, it was in, it was in reference to the election. Basically, how, like, a lot of Democrats were surprised that he won. And this book was referenced very frequently there talking about how and it's hard, I don't, it's hard for me to not give any spoilers but basically it was it was like an explanation of people who would vote for him kind of against their own best interest mm-hmm. and I was like that sounds really interesting and I think it's because my family's from all over the country and it's like a lot of these people I know and I love and I don't think they're stupid but they have like really different political views than I do and so I like vehemently de- disagree with them politically, but I don't think that they're dumb people. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, when I try to talk to them, I'm like, "You're so fucking stupid," but I don't think that. And so you're I think, like, like, it's just frustrating that this doesn't add up to what makes sense to it, me. Exactly. And so I try really hard to be like open-minded, not about necessarily changing my opinion, but ha- trying to understand why people think the way that they do. And like not looking at them as being like they're dumb and they don't know what they're talking about. And so this book. I was really interested in reading it because I felt like it was going to give me some insight into like the 
huge chasm that seems to exist in the country. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it does seem that way. It seems like no matter where you sit on the political spectrum, like, things are really polarized right now, and it's really hard to even have a basic conversation with people who you disagree with politically because you're just... You're not basing your argument on the same, like, quote-unquote facts. Like, you just have different beliefs about... Like, different fundamental beliefs about, like, why society is the way that it is or, like, different beliefs about society in general. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to have a conversation with somebody where you can come to some kind of agreement on anything when you're coming at it being like the sky is green the sky is blue like you can't have an argument about that because you just believe different facts yeah i also think a really one of the reasons that i'm excited to read this book in particular and having like driven across the country it is very remarkable when you come from somewhere like the bay area where you feel like you're preaching to the choir, like, well, everyone believes these things to be true. Like you said, like, not everyone sees things as being, like, factually the same. And part of that is it's really hard for humans to actually be objective. So much of what we consider to be factual is based on our life experiences. And, like, anecdotal experience is not invalid, but it's not all that there is. Mm -hmm. But most people, I would say on both sides of the aisle, take like whatever their experience is as this is how the world actually is. And the problem is that the world is actually very fucking different anywhere that you go. Yeah. So you're getting that one slice of experience and then like projecting that to this is what it should be like for everyone. So I do feel it's valuable to get a sense of like what one person obviously like you can't generalize that to an entire population but at least hearing one person's story who grew up in a different area very different from us places that we kind of naturally as you know liberal Californians have like preconceived notions of what it's like to be from like Appalachia territory and Mm -hmm. you know what we already think about those people we don't know anything about their lives even Mm -hmm. if we visited there like you can't actually really understand what that's like so it's just for me I always like to get that perspective but it's just helpful to know where people are coming from I don't think I'm gonna walk away from it being like I fucking agree with them like I still think this guy is objectively blue like there are certain things that are just facts and I don't like that people get so caught up in like, this is my experience. Therefore this is the way I feel. I think we have to challenge ourselves to go beyond that and Mm -hmm. actually look at what's real and what we think. But you know, who's to say that we do that? Maybe we base things on our experience too. Well, I mean, I know for sure that I base things on my experience, but like even looking back on how I viewed the world five, 10 years ago, like I was <coughs> way less open-minded and I yeah. was, I considered myself like very liberal, but I was very liberal in like, there's a way that you can be a good person and you can't be a good person in a different way than this way, which is like a very like kind of liberal elite way of viewing the world. And I think like having lived in different, like lived in a different part of the country and like been close with people who are not from around here that you can kind of start like broadening your perspective a little bit. And I just feel like one of the things that's changed the most about me is that I'm willing to change my mind, like given mm-hmm. enough information. And Which I is feel- great. Like everyone should be, no one should have beliefs that are so set in, set 
in stone. <laughs> so set in stone that if you find something else out, you can't change your mind. Like, there's... It's hard, though. I think that's one of the hard. things that's, like, the hardest thing well, about changing anything. Well, I think most anything. people wait until they hear facts that already support what they believe, and yeah. then they're like, aha, I knew this all along. Yeah. But actually, like, being someone that wants to learn and wants to, like, better understand things is someone that's always keeping an open mind. You can have your own opinions, but you're like, I want and am willing to, like, have my mind changed. I just need to hear something that, like, gives me a reason to believe that I'm wrong. Yeah. As if I would... I mean, I'm the most stubborn... I was going to say... I'm the most stubborn Kentucky mule there is, so, like, that's (laughs) never going to goddamn happen. I will say... I am really good about what I'm bad at. If you try to have a conversation with me, I'm going to be like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And here are 10 reasons why I just need to be right. And then three days later, I'll be like, you know, I thought about it. And actually, I now agree with like, you have like a valid point. Like I can see it, but I can't see it right then. And that's one of the reasons I really like reading in particular, because I feel like I'm someone that needs to like sit with things for a while and think through them. I'm not someone that like on my feet is just like, easily like I don't change with the wind I'm like I have these opinions for a reason I need time to like sit there and weigh why I think this and now with this new information like take that all in but it definitely shows up as me being a stubborn ass yeah bitch yeah (laughs) well I mean I think that like there's certain things that I just don't have any flexibility on Mm -hmm. like I mean like for example I think like sports mascots that have racial tinges to them for example like the Washington teams or like the Cleveland teams I'm like that's just fucking unacceptable it's Mm -hmm. unacceptable and it doesn't matter to me how you try to justify that that's acceptable it's just racist Mm -hmm. it's just flat out racist and like I don't care how like I have no flexibility on that whatsoever. Do you feel similarly about, like, people waving the Confederate flag? Like, yes, I do. Yeah. But that came to me after a while. Yeah. Like, I'd always felt like that's bad, but I never... I'd always felt like that was bad. But I was, like, willing to hear someone out if they were going to give me a decent... like. Like, why it wasn't bad. I was like, Mm -hmm. fine, tell me why it's not bad. And I felt that way about the sports teams, too. I was like, it's bad. But I was like, give me a reason why it's not bad. And I feel like I've heard enough arguments to be like... That's not a good enough reason. Exactly. There's, there's, I have not heard, despite my willingness to listen, I have not heard a compelling reason why that's acceptable. I will say, so, one book, like, one of my favorite books that... I don't know if it's similar to Hillbilly Elegy, but kind of one of the reasons I wanted to read this book and, like, hoping to get out of it. Um, I read a book in college, I believe, called Confederates in the Attic, and Mm -hmm. it was, like... I've heard of that, but I've never read it. I loved it. I have... I mean, it's been so long, but one of the reasons I really loved it is it kind of basically talks about... You learn a lot about the Civil War, but then you also kind of like flashback to today or 10 years ago whenever that was and like how far have we actually come and even the fact that like some people still proudly wave the confederate flag and what that means to them but I did like that was one of the books that I read where I walked into it feeling like I have zero fucking acceptance of anyone like showing that flag like being proud of that like I don't care whatever your bullshit reasons are like Mm -hmm. it's just fucking racist period and then after reading that I was like 
I don't feel differently, but I understand where yeah. you're coming from. Yeah. But I think that you're unwilling to like take into account what that flag means to other people. And when you compare what it means to other people versus the importance of it to you, what matters the most here? Like people actually feeling fear and feeling inferior. Like yeah. my life is at risk versus you feeling like, you know, this population is just constantly disrespected and shit on. And I am all yeah. about like states rights and independence and all the, like I'm just certain things where I'm like, there is more value to one argument than the other because totally. one is like someone's right to exist yeah. versus like you having pride for your roots and where you came from. Yeah. But it was one of the first books I read where I was like, oh, I actually find myself, even though I still don't agree with you, I have yeah. empathy for your position and I understand what you're saying. But like, I don't think that you are having empathy for the other side. Yeah. And I think that's still part of the problem. But so like, for me, this is what I'm hoping I get out of this is like things where I'm like, I just like, before I read that book, I was like, I have zero understanding of how anyone could think that was yeah. okay. And now I'm like, I get it. And like, we need to talk well, about this. I more. think that that's like, I mean, it kind of initially, yes, I agree with your point, And I think that the way that I feel about the Confederate flag is like largely reflected by what you just said, which is that I can understand where people are coming from in that like they value states' rights, they don't like government intervention. I think that when you live in a more rural place, you don't have a lot of the benefits of a government. Mm -hmm. You don't have local hospitals, you don't have like a fire department that can get to you in two seconds. You don't have police that are there like looking after you. You don't have like well-paved roads. You don't have like great, you know, fucking public utilities. Like, I get it. Like, the government doesn't, like, do a lot of service to you, and so you don't want them to have a lot of oversight into your life. However, like, the root of that argument stems from, like, you wanted to keep slavery yeah. as a state's right, and you were like, it's our state's right to decide to do this. And, and no the one federal, should be able to tell us And no us one should be able to, to tell us not to do it. And, like, I understand in theory, not wanting the federal government to have, like, oversight into what you're doing as a state. But I feel like when you're infringing on human rights... Exactly. That, like, certain things are more important. Exactly. Like, when you're infringing on human rights, you don't... It doesn't matter if you're a state or a city or, like, a person. Like, yeah. you can't fucking do that. Yeah, and that's you know? something where I, I feel like with a lot of arguments... It's like, okay, well, we can agree to disagree. And there are certain things such as the Confederate flag where I'm like, actually, we just can't agree to disagree. Yeah. We have to accept that one of these, like, like someone has more skin in the game yeah, here. Totally. And yours is actually not as important. Just yes. period, because human rights is more important than, like, your ability to, like, do whatever the fuck you want, like, free of government. Like, sure, freedom is important, but, like, the freedom of a person to not be a slave is a lot more important. Like, yeah. stuff like that where I'm just like, that's where you lose me. Yeah. But I understand where it comes from, and I understand well, that a lot of people feel like it has nothing to do with slavery. I'm like, to you it doesn't, but to someone else it does, so you can't just decide that your perspective doesn't matter. Yeah. But I do think that yeah. on the other side, you can say, so actually, that's what that flag means to me. And this is more important. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, one of the best arguments that I've heard about the Confederate flag 
purely like not based on like any sort of discrimination or like anything else is that there's literally no other country unless you're in like a unless you're in like a dictatorship where it is even legal to wave the flag of a country that lost a war to the country that it's currently part of. Yeah. Like, that would be, like... Even in, like, Scotland or something like that? Like, when they were... Like, you know, like, it's like you go to, like, a game there and they're singing, like, God Bless the Queen. Yeah. And everyone's sitting and booing. And yeah. And it's like... you, Like, don't they have, like, a Scottish flag or something? There is a Scottish flag. There is I a Scottish like, flag. But, I mean, you it's like, you know how fucking contentious that is. Yeah. Like... It's so contentious, but it's like, you know the history there, but also, I mean, it was not a civil, like, a civil war. Like, it was like, it just, it just doesn't make any sense that it's a thing that they're doing. Like, you lost the war years ago. You conceded to be part of the Union, and, like, we have proceeded for hundreds of years since then. It is, and I'm like, now we're like, this is becoming like a civil war discussion, which is hilarious, but not irrelevant to like what the concept of this book is about. But one thing that's like, it is just hard, but it's like, it's frustrating too, because I do understand as well, like, I think sometimes people view the civil war as like pro and anti-slavery, and it's like actually most of what the civil war was about from the northern perspective had very little to do with slavery. Like, slavery yeah. was how they wanted to break the South. Yeah. Like, it, there were abolitionists in the North, yeah. but for the most part, it was care. wanting to break their economy. Yeah. They didn't actually care about the fact that we had these human rights no. abuses. Like, it was a, it was yeah. a proxy. It was like a pawn. Exactly, exactly. So it's like, now we look back on it, and it's like, you can't say slavery was not part of the Civil War, but it was more of, like, a mechanism towards defeating this other like political system 100% which we're like that was the greatest like I don't know if you say like the greatest like effect of the civil war was like slavery ended but that wasn't all that it was about so I can see people being like it's more about like what that war was about but I'm like you gotta just let the confederate flag go people yeah yeah well I mean or at least like find some other symbol to like represent what you want Mm -hmm. but I mean I think like when you get into the into the civil war like there's a lot of other things to it yeah it's not a I mean certainly more than you can talk about in a podcast well and also I think like there's other things that are a little bit more black and white like having a native person as the symbol for your sports team, which yeah. is like objectively racist and has no, well, and, like, yeah, what, what is the moral value argument? Is there? No, there's literally none. Just that you're like, but for all of these years, you're like, yeah, for all of these years, we've done a lot of fucked up things, yeah. but like, what does it hurt to now realize like, oh, that's actually really shitty and changing the name of this team won't hurt anyone. Yeah. But keeping that the case, it's like, so we just still don't think that this matters. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like genuinely appalling to me that anyone can be like, this is okay. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I would encourage, I'm happy to hear like one argument of why it makes sense to like keep, to your point, like these sports mascots that like offend a huge group of people and like, I'm I want to hear. And I'm not yeah. even native. It is like well, but, grossly yeah. offensive to like, me. Like offend so many people like one argument as to why we need to keep it other than like we shouldn't have to change it 
I doubt anyone listening to this podcast is going to have a counter argument for that. But please, if you do, let's hear it. Yeah, if you do, let's hear it. And then we'll fight you. <laughs> we'll fight you when we have the microphone. We'll fight you. Yeah, we have fair, the microphone. But... It's so. But here, moment of silence for you to fight us. Your point wrong. is ridiculous. Wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Anyways, so we're really open-minded going into this book. Well, no, or at least I mean... I am, obviously, as per usual. I think that, like, going into this book, what I was hoping to gain was, like, prior to the 2016 election, I was spending a lot of time traveling, and I remember being, Sounds like, great. for work, I was so. spending a lot of time traveling for work into, like, more rural places, and I remember very distinctly everyone being, like, oh, like, you know, there's no way Donald Trump's gonna win, and I was, like, I feel like based on the amount of advertisements I see for him in these rural places, like, I don't think it's a, it's, it's a non-zero chance, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's entirely possible that we're all going to be sitting on our couches with our jaws on the floor because, (sighs) I mean, looking back on that night, like, I don't, I don't know if I felt like as deflated ever, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I was not surprised at all. I knew the morning before I woke up and I knew it was going to happen, but I, and so it was like, I was pre-deflated. And then I remember like, everyone was like, I'm so excited. I'm having my viewing party. And I just stayed at home and I was like, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm really depressed because I know this is about to happen. And then I went to bed and I woke up and I was like, okay, so now I'm really hoping I'm just going to be proven wrong. And I remember opening my computer and it was like, President Trump and I just shut it and was like, "Can I sleep for four years?" <laughs> it was, it was awful. But after it was confirmed, I was just like, "All right." I was like, "I think this is gonna happen." And now that it's happened, I just don't even know what tomorrow looks like. And yeah. I will say, like, we're still here. We're still here. But I will also say, like, I'm not trying to say anything's gone it's well. It's not. It is pretty much exactly what I expected. Yeah. And I'm like proud of our democracy for continuing to exist under a dictator even though it's like a straw house of what it once was well but it is something I don't know I go back and forth between like the world is ending and this is and things like well actually we were already here and it just took this this happening yeah it just took this happening to realize where the country has gotten to and i hope that it's mobilizing people to be like we need to make a change and i think that it is though yeah i mean like if you look at the midterms if you look at the midterms like so many people ran in the midterms that would never have run in a different yeah time or place you know? Yeah. If nothing else, I think the value of people seeing, like, this is our president and people feeling like, if he's qualified, then why the fuck am I not? Like, well, I think exactly. it pulls back the curtain of there's people that... There is a sense of, like, you have to be from this, like, political dynasty to run for certain things. And yeah. some people think of themselves as politicians and other people just don't even think that's in like, the scope of what they can do, and now you see all of these people who had never been politicians, they're just normal people, running for, like, local, state, like, sometimes even broader offices, and winning, or at least, like, getting, like, sizable numbers, and if nothing else, like, having people feel like, if not me, then who, like, 
that I guess could be beneficial. But like, honestly, I just think the world's ending. So don't look to me for hope. Yeah, I see that. It makes me want to like get engaged in our political discourse a little bit more. I feel like I, I haven't contributed to the problem, but I haven't contributed to the solution at all. Like I donate some money, but I don't, I don't go to like rallies. I don't like yeah you know I don't like I don't participate I don't I will just say like I don't do any of that stuff the women's march continues to fall on my birthday weekend every year and I'm like so you're gonna need to get a new weekend this has been my weekend for a while also the women's march is just like like I get it and I went to the first one but I also feel like they need to do a little bit better because it's like very white straight woman upper middle class like it's one group yeah i also don't think that i think you know after trump it was very much so a reaction to that of like we are not okay with this and now i don't think it has a point like i'm not saying like i i still think it's great but it's something where i'm like it's a bunch of women getting together and i don't even think that there's like a we all stand for this one thing but maybe that's the point is like we're all women and we just stand together and we can have different opinions but like you said it's just one type of women yeah and the first year i think it was like we don't like being assaulted and i was like a hundred percent a hundred percent but it's my birthday dislike assaulting women (laughs) Yeah, I also do, but, like, I already but you value had, your birthday over a I already had plans. <laughs> you were just a total hero all across the board. Total hero. Also, my plans got ruined. To be clear, like, I had fucking plans, so I wasn't going to go, and then I got horribly ill. Like, died. Remember, we were going to go to Tahoe yeah. for my birthday, you so you're dead. welcome more people went to the women's march because they didn't go to Tahoe for my birthday. And I was just dying in bed. And I was like, couldn't be at the women's march. And everyone was like, that so sucks that you're sick and couldn't go. And I was like, I was never going to go because I was going to be in Tahoe. But you're right. I had an out, but I was never going to be there. And like, unless they move it, I will never fucking be there. Well, why don't you text them and let them know? Um, I'll text the women. I'll text all women and be like, could we push this one weekend in either direction? Thanks. So leaning towards the book again. I guess. Have you ever been to Appalachia? I've been to West Virginia multiple times. Mountain Mama. Take Me Home Country Road. It's a great song. It is a great song. I heard it the other day and I sang along. Um, but yeah, I have... And I've also been to, like, parts of Pennsylvania that I don't know if you consider Appalachia, but it's, like, very close and it feels the same. Um, I've been to parts of Virginia, not of the Western variety. Like, I've definitely been to Appalachia, and it is something that I've been to this... I've been to, like, at this point, I would say I've been to every region of the U.S., not every state, but I've been to every region. Mm -hmm. And Appalachia has to be, like the one that I felt the least comfortable in where it's also like I go to the south and I'm like this is different but in some ways I'm like it's so much friendly like there's things that I just feel like oh I really like this yeah whenever I go to Appalachia I'm like I just feel uncomfortable and I don't yeah very deliverancey to me (laughs) I've never seen deliverance actually don't watch it it'll ruin everything so I will just say this the first time I went to Appalachia I was, like, with a group of people. They were drinking 
Bud Light and, like, just holding their guns with American flags. And I was like, I... I mean, are you putting, like, is this a joke? Like, are you putting on a show? Like, it just seemed like it was, like, a stereotype of yeah. what you expected. And then at a certain point, they're like, well, let's just go hunt some deer because there's nothing going on here. And I was just like, where the fuck am I? And that was my experience. And I left thinking, like, you know, you typically when you meet people and you're like, oh, they're not so different from me. And I felt like my first experience was, like, the they're walking stereotype. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, so I'm going to stay here and not go shoot some deer with my arrow like they had like you know those automatic arrows whatever those are yeah i don't know a they compound obviously, bow yeah they had life skills i guess but i was not feeling it yeah what about you i've spent some time in appalachia as well it was really work related and so really work related. it was i mean i was there for work and so the places that i was in it was like the strip mall but when I was there, I I always, like, tried to tack on some time to just, like, explore wherever I was. Because I was like, what other opportunity am I going to have to be, like, in the Smoky Mountains? Yeah. And so I spent an extra couple days, and I went on a hike. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the most gorgeous place, like, I think I've ever seen. It was so beautiful. Just, like, these r- huge green rolling hills for, like, as far as the eye could see and no people and, like mist over the mountains and it was just beautiful it was just so so pretty and it made me think like because I obviously went into it with the same stereotypes about Appalachia and I was like I can understand why people would have wanted to live here Mm -hmm. and like stopping there and being like this is exactly exactly like stopping there and being like this is gorgeous I want to stay here and I think that like what happened there is what happens in a lot of disenfranchised places where like there's an industry and it exists and then like this corporation comes in takes it over makes it like you know basically just like strips it bare of all of its resources and like takes 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 and then eventually there's nothing left there's no jobs there's no more resources they've destroyed the landscape and then they just move on and for some reason like unlike other unlike during like the great depression or like when people you know went through the grapevine and whatever during the Dust Bowl, people just stayed. Like, nobody left. And, like, part of me thinks that it's because there was actually government programs that supported people, which I believe in government programs. I believe that there should be, like, welfare and, like, food stamps and things like that. Like, I think that those are a good idea to get people by. But in this particular case, my understanding was that, like, people didn't have to leave. Mm-hmm. But there was no alternative for work. It wasn't like they were between jobs. It was like, there's no industry. There's nothing to do. And so it was like you, people had been so far removed from having, like, a small grocery store and, um, you know, being a farmer or, like, running a dairy or whatever the fuck people did back then. Like, you were so far removed from that that, like, people didn't even know what to do. And so there was just no no jobs and people just, like, lived on government assistance because, like, there wasn't any fucking else to do. Yeah. And, it like, that made me sad. But, but being there, I was like, 
I can totally understand why people would have wanted to be here in the first place. Because I think if you've never been there, you look at it and you're like, why the fuck would anyone want to go there? Yeah, and then there? you go and you're like, oh, it's very pretty. Yeah. Like, it's idyllic in all these ways. It is, though, like, I remember being there, too, and obviously I had, like, a very stereotypical takeaway from it. I've been there a couple of times since, and I had different, like, I went on a hike there, and I thought it was very pretty and all of these yeah. things, too. But it was something, like talking to people there and like in particular a friend from California who's now lived there for a time and hearing like how like I have like this being my friend like saying like I have like all these friends or like people I've met here who have died of overdose and it's just like that's not something that happens in California like of course people die of overdoses here but not in the number like it's just like a common thing there where you're like that's an epidemic in and of itself. The totally. fact that that would be something that would happen that frequently. And it is something when it's like, when you're that desperate and you have no hope and no options, like falling into something like that, like what is your motivation even to like no. try to get better because there's nothing waiting for you on the other side? Totally. Well, I think you'll really like this book because I feel like, it does a really good job of explaining those things that it's really hard to see from an outsider's perspective of like why people make these decisions. And a lot of times like you look at it and you're like, wow, would a rational person make this decision? And it's because they're, it's not that they're irrational. It's just like all of their circumstances. Yeah, Yeah. All of their circumstances basically were like, well, you got shit going. Like this is your option. So this is what we're going to do. And you know, I think it makes you have a lot more empathy for, or not empathy, probably sympathy. Like you feel badly for these people because you can kind of understand like why they would, why they would make those decisions. But it's like really hard to put yourself in those, in their shoes when, I mean, we've been lucky enough that there's at least been options for us for most of our lives. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, at least currently we live in or near the city where the most jobs in the world exist. Yeah. So it's like we are not in a place right now where it's like a scarcity of jobs. I mean, I feel like when I graduated from college... That was a thing. There were no jobs. Yeah. And it was terrifying because I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with my time? And so I went back to grad school. But like a lot of people I know like just stayed working at the restaurant they worked at and like a lot of people are still doing that. Yeah. Because then you get, like, you fall into that cycle of things. And so a lot of it is, like, the time and place. And I do think stuff like that is important just for people to remember, like, it's not just, of course, like, we all feel like we've worked hard and we've earned our things. But so much of it is luck. It is timing. It is circumstance. And imagine, like, stepping into someone else's shoes where you realize oh my god, in their shoes, I would have fucking failed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like anyone who's able to come out of a situation that's really, really hard, like, people always use them as an example and say, like, oh, like, if you just work really hard, you can do it. And you're like, no, that person is the exception, and most of the time that they succeed, it's because all these people around them sacrifice to, like, help them get there. Yeah. You know? Anyway. you can't take those things for granted. We're just talking up a storm. Are we? We are. And I think... I think you're really going to like this book. If you are a reader, I, like, strongly encourage you to go to your library and um, get this book because it was one of the better books I've read in a really long time. I think that Star is really going to like it. Well, you've convinced me. I'm going to go to my local library since we're not sending it to us anymore. 
I know. And I'm going to read it, and then we're going to talk about it next week. Yes, I'm excited. So go read your book. I'm excited to hang out with all of our podcast peeps again. I've missed you. We've missed you, and I've missed getting lit with you. Yeah, and if you if you want to tell us what you are interested in reading next, we're, we're or what kind you're of, drinking next. Yeah, or what we're drinking. We're kind of continuously putting a poll up on our Instagram. So go to our Instagram at Let's Get Lit Podcast. Let us know what you'd like for us to read, and I'm excited to read with you. Get lit. Let's. Let's yes. get lit. <laughs> Much success. <laughs> Much success. I love reading books. I love reading words and the way the pictures look. I love to eat a good dinner that my mom cooks. After I eat dinner, I love reading books. Yo, I love reading books. Yeah, I love reading books.